Earlier this month, Mexico's Supreme Court decriminalized abortion in the country. The ruling follows the legalization of abortion in Argentina last December, one of just three countries in Latin America to fully allow them. The slow liberalization of abortion rights in Latin America comes at a time that state governments in the United States have chipped away at access. It's a dramatic flip of circumstances. So what can we learn from what's going on in Latin America and abortion? I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Monday, September 20th, 2021. Today, we talk to LA Times reporters who have covered the loosening of abortion restrictions in Latin America. There, governments have long been influenced by the Roman Catholic Church. In the religion, abortion is a mortal sin, and Latin American countries have long banned it under penalty of prison and public ostracizing. The push to legalize abortion, opponents say, is a push against the very character of the countries themselves. And yet abortion activists continue to score wins. Resulta aprobado con 38, con 38 votos afirmativos y 29 negativos y una abstención resulta aprobado. Se convierte en ley y se gira al poder ejecutivo. It's fantastic, honestly. The, the power of seeing it come true after so many years that it's been happening, the, the change that has been pushed throughout all of our society in the last years has been revolutionary. Los Angeles Times reporters Kate Linthicum and Patrick McDonald recently wrote an article on the subject and join me now. Kate joins us from Brazil and Patrick joins us from Mexico City. Kate, Patrick, welcome to The Times. Thanks. A pleasure. Patrick, set up how the abortion debate has played out in Latin America historically. Is it markedly different from the United States? Well, considerably. I mean, you had the landmark ruling Roe v. Wade, I believe, in 1973. In that time, abortion was widely prohibited throughout Latin America, really. Obviously, we're talking about a socially conservative, largely Catholic area. But in the past 15 years or so, there have been some substantial changes It started by kind of cutouts in the law that allowed abortion in cases of rape, in cases of threats to the health of mothers, in cases of certain fetal abnormalities. Since then, maybe six or eight countries have kind of reformed their laws to incorporate those exceptions. And more recently, in terms of large countries, both Argentina and just this month, Mexico have largely decriminalized abortion in the first trimester, both very, very significant moves from an abortion rights standpoint, obviously not so significant from the viewpoint of people who want more restrictions. Colombia, there may be a court ruling in Colombia very soon, you know, which is, I believe, the third most populous country in Latin America, which may decriminalize abortion even more. That said, there have been some major changes in the past 10, 15 years. And still there are six countries that completely outlaw abortion in all cases. So it's a mixed bag, but I think abortion rights activists feel pretty strongly that they're on a path towards greater access to the procedure for women. Okay, activists have had a vibrant presence on social media and in public protests, and they're adopting certain slogans, certain looks, certain tactics. What are they? Yeah, well, the green handkerchief is the sign of basically abortion activism across the hemisphere. It started down south in Chile and Argentina, and now is just the symbol you see throughout these two continents. And yeah, the activism here has been intense. It's been extreme. It's a different level of kind of street protests than you see in the U.S., for example. In Mexico City, you see big, massive protests of women who are very willing to 
break windows, destroy monuments, anything to get their point across. It's important to note that it's not just advocating for abortion rights in a lot of these countries here. It's also more kind of life and death issues like violence against women. And so in Mexico City in particular, that's been a huge motivator. You've you've had people say, you know, you are literally killing us at a rate of 10 homicides of women every single day in this country. So it warrants this kind of really intense street protest. Yeah, it's pretty unprecedented. Mexico, of course, is where my family's from. So historically, socially conservative country. You want to talk about Catholicism as a country so Catholic that the Virgin of Guadalupe is as much a part of the Mexican identity as mariachi and the flag. So, Patrick, how's the country reacting to the decision? And specifically, what was that decision? Well, the decision, as I said, essentially decriminalized abortion in the first trimester, first 12 weeks of pregnancy. Mexico City and several other states, including Oaxaca, Hidalgo, and uh, Veracruz, had already taken that step. But this was very significant because it uh, decriminalized it uh, under federal law. Now, the issue is 28 other states still have state laws banning this broad access to the procedure. So basically, abortion rights activists have vowed to go state to state to try to get those laws reversed. And it could be a battle. I think a thing to keep in mind here and throughout Latin America is that to some extent, the courts and even the legislatures are somewhat ahead of public opinion. I mean, the, the last poll I saw from the newspaper El Financiero here in Mexico found that actually 53% of the population was still opposed to broader abortion rights. So to some extent, the courts and legislatures are ahead of popular opinion in these very deeply Catholic countries that also have significant numbers of evangelical Christians who have a similar viewpoint on this than the Catholic Church. One point I might mention about Mexico just took this step, obviously, this month. Argentina was the first large country in Latin America to make abortion widely available in the first 14 weeks in their case. That was passed last December after several attempts As Kate mentioned, this green handkerchief movement kind of started in Argentina. And it was noteworthy because Pope Francisco, Pope Francis is from Argentina, is a very beloved figure and really made a personal plea, which he wrote a letter to some of his former students saying something along the lines of, if you have a social problem, would you hire a murderer to solve it? Despite such personal pleas from the Pope, Argentina you know, went ahead and has now decriminalized the procedure and Mexico's followed suit. And we could see Colombia in the next three, four or five weeks. There's a pending decision there before the highest court. We'll be back after this break. So, okay, before the decriminalization of abortion in Mexico and Argentina, there was just two other countries in the region where abortion was legal. Cuba, since the 1960s, and Uruguay became the first Latin American democracy to allow the practice back in 2012. So there's still this really steep road up to try to get abortion legalized or even decriminalized in a lot of Latin America. Yeah, there are huge swaths of this region that, you know, still prohibit abortions entirely. A few notable examples are in Central America and Honduras and El Salvador. You can go to jail for, you know, even accidentally having an abortion. There are cases of women in El Salvador 
who've been in jail for years who say, you know, they tripped, fell, accidentally terminated their pregnancies and were prosecuted for that. In major countries like Brazil, where you have a right-wing president who's committed, basically, to not allowing abortion legalization to move forward, it's a very different picture. So you have these major victories, but at the same time, you have some movement in the other direction in certain areas. So, Patrick, even in Mexico, you still have now doctors who are saying we're not going to do any abortions. It's just a very interesting movement. We saw it in Uruguay. We also saw it in Mexico City when abortion was legalized here. I mean, they basically, some of these doctors and nurses refer to themselves as conscientious objectors. They say they feel morally opposed to abortion and will not perform them. And there's a federal law in Mexico that's also before the Supreme Court right now, which basically ensures them that right in non-life-threatening circumstances. So a lot of people are waiting what's going to happen before the Supreme Court on this particular law of, of doctors and practitioners who refer to themselves as conscientious objectors who will not perform the procedure from what they say is moral grounds. This is also cropped up in Argentina, in Uruguay to some extent. So it is an issue, however legal this is, will there be sufficient providers? So far, Mexico City, which has had widely available abortions for more than a decade, has managed to cope with it. But nationwide in Mexico, it'll be interesting to see. Kate, you're in Brazil right now, which is home to the world's largest Catholic population, also a huge evangelical community. And the current president, uh, Jair Bolsonaro, he slammed Argentina's decision and vowed abortion's never going to be legalized as long as he's in office. What's the abortion rights movement like in Brazil? Yeah, well, it's small. It's highly polarized here. I mean, there are a lot of parallels, really, between the United States and Brazil at this point. You know, you have a very conservative, populist president who took power, you know, on social media and who espouses really conservative social beliefs and has a movement behind him of people who really care about that. The evangelical population in Brazil, which is now a quarter of the population and is super politically involved, has made, you know, this issue sort of their most important one. And actually, I talked to someone the other day who said, you know, the evangelical movement continues to support Bolsonaro because of his opposition to abortion, and they see him as like an instrument of God to stop this stuff. So you have this really here more than activists, you know, calling for abortion legalization. You have kind of the opposite. You have people from the right growing increasingly vocal about their opposition to this. You know, we had a case last year in Brazil that was really emblematic. A 10-year-old girl had been raped by her uncle and had gotten pregnant and went to the hospital to receive an abortion, which is legal in just in cases of rape here, just, you know, up to a certain number of weeks pregnant. And the doctors there refused. And then this became just like a touchstone where you had, you know, conservative protesters massing outside of the hospital, yelling at this girl. She ultimately had to go to another city to get her pregnancy terminated. And I think it just shows that at this point, there's actually a lot of pressure in the other direction to make the laws in Brazil even more restrictive when it comes to abortions. What about activists in other countries? Are they trying to offer any sort of support to, say, activists in places like Brazil or in El Salvador where abortion is still criminalized completely? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a big kind of, you know, cross-national network. I know, for example, American abortion activists have for a long time worked on kind of the legal cases of women in El Salvador who have found themselves in jail for five, 10 years for the crime of having an abortion. But I think 
it's actually probably an interesting question whether or not American activists are kind of learning from their Latin American counterparts. Because the fact is, a lot of things are changing here in this region and really quickly. I think the style of activism, the types of messaging, even just, you know, where people are protesting and how, I think probably American feminists have a lot to learn from that and should start looking in that direction too. Patrick, you know, abortion is no longer a crime in Mexico and Argentina, and restrictions are slowly getting chipped at elsewhere. As you mentioned earlier, that doesn't mean it's easily accessible. So how are abortion opponents making it difficult for women who seek them? That's an interesting question. I think that throughout Latin America, Kate talked a little bit about abortion rights activists who are, you know, have a really an international network. There's also an international network on the other side of uh, abortion restrictionists, abortion opponents who are very well represented here in Mexico. Sometimes they have their own clinic set up to advise, quote unquote, advise women about abortions, whether they're making the right decision. They're very active on social media. So there's that countervailing movement among people who are opposed to increased access to abortion. One more thing on the activism from the side of the abortion rights movement. I talked to a number of them last week. One of the tactics they're trying to take, since it's an issue that's so weighed down by so many moral imponderables, a lot of them are trying to, as much as possible, frame it as a health issue, because we know that, in fact, abortions are widely performed in Latin America. By some estimates, I saw one study saying as many as one in three pregnancies end in abortions. Hundreds of women every year throughout Latin America either die or are maimed through these illegal procedures. So to some extent, the activists are trying to frame this as a health issue. In other words, basically saying these women are going to get abortions anyway. The idea here is to ensure that they get them safely and that they survive the procedure. So that's a strategy, if you will, that's to some extent been used by abortion rights advocates throughout Latin America. It's interesting to see in Latin America the liberalization of abortion rights slowly but surely. Meanwhile, here in the United States, it seems to be going the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, there's different starting points there, right? I mean, you had 1973s, a lot of people's lifetimes at this point where abortion was made widely available in the United States. And it's a relatively more recent phenomenon in Latin America. And I guess, yeah, now there's kind of a congruence where there's kind of a crossing point where there are efforts, obviously, to stymie access to legal abortions in the United States, just as there are efforts to make it more available in Latin America. Now, I will say some Latin American countries have actually made it more difficult. Honduras, which Kate mentioned, is one of the strictest anti-abortion laws, and they recently passed a uh, constitutional amendment making it harder to ever change the law to make it easier for women to have access to abortion. So there is, there is a counter-movement, and it's very strong. Kate, any thoughts? It's interesting. I think we're in a phase of kind of the world where with the internet, we are able to have these global conversations, things that previously were maybe siloed uh, to domestic politics in a particular country. People are realizing these common threads, right, in different countries. And you're seeing that a lot right now, particularly with kind of social and cultural issues. So here in Brazil, people are talking about Black Lives Matter. The conversations are changing around religion, around, you know, sex, gender, sexuality. And so I think more and more there's kind of one conversation and all of these countries are kind of taking part in it in different ways. Kate, Patrick, thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks. Gustavo, un placer. Thank you.
And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, Joe Biden vowed to end policies that created refugee camps on the U.S.-Mexico border. And yet the biggest one yet is now established, just south of Texas. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Melissa Kaplan, Marina Peña, and Ashley Brown. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Lauren Rabb. And our theme music is by Andrew Even. Special thanks to Hiba El Orbani. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us the Puccia Podcasts. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and desmadre. Gracias.